This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Reacting to the words of Caleb Williams' father. Caleb Williams' father, he did an interview with GQ magazine, and Carl Williams said some interesting things about his son potentially being the number one overall pick. He called it basically a punishment. Like, you're almost better off if you're not drafted than being drafted first and talked about how maybe Caleb doesn't end up being involved in the draft process because of it. It's something that we've been talking about, Ian, for so many years across sports. We know what happened with Eli Manning, and you referenced some of the other times. We haven't seen it often in NFL history, but there have been times that players have put their foot down and tried to force their way to a different organization than the one that was most likely to draft them, and we've seen it. We've also seen each and every year – People talk about how player X should do that, like the Joe Burrows of the world, and they don't end up doing that. And sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't work out. I think calling being the number one overall pick a punishment is a bit overstating it because you're also undervaluing the whole compensation because you're the number one overall pick. And in part, that compensation includes the fact that, yes, you are not going to the best organization, and you're going to have a lot on your shoulders. Amen. And I I disagree with something he also said uh, to GQ when he when he uh, when he had this when he said quote I've talked to Archie Manning his career was shot because he went to a horrible organization stings as a Saints fan uh, I've talked to Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray uh, uh, struck, I've talked to Lincoln Riley and Kyler struggled because of where he was drafted Baker meaning Mayfield struggled mightily because of where he was drafted the organizations matter well hold on a second. Just two years ago, Kyler Murray had the Arizona Cardinals in the playoffs. He was the offensive rookie of the year in 2019. So Kyler Murray. Now I don't. I don't think either of us are defending the Arizona Cardinals. But, no, because after that playoff move, after that playoff run, they paid him a truckload of money, and Kyler Murray got lazy. He didn't want. I mean, any Baker film. had a postseason win. Like Baker had his moments too, right? <laughs> I mean, Baker. The, when Baker went south was when he played injured. Uh-huh. Remember when he hurt his shoulder once. Should have sat, they should have sat him then. Sometimes you have to protect the player from himself. He continued to play injured, and then against the Niners, he rips that shoulder to pieces again and continues to try and play. And he had been right since. But Baker Mayfield led the Cleveland Bleeping Browns in a COVID year on the road to Pittsburgh and won a playoff game. Then goes to Kansas City the following week and damn near beats Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. Is that, the, is that a horrible organization, right. or is that a quarterback who wasn't protected from himself by mm-hmm. said organization? Right. Those or are two different things. It's not a quarterback who didn't have opportunities, because both of those guys, you're right, have had opportunities to Absolutely. show their stuff. And by the way, Baker's had numerous opportunities, and, and he's getting one right now in Tampa. So he's still getting the opportunities in his career. But going back to 
the glass caller that we had and we were up against the clock so we didn't get much time to react to it where he said you know it's a punishment if you get drafted at the top of the draft and essentially obliterate the entire draft model which we know is never going to happen but he was saying hey if it was more of a free agency model they can go to the highest bidder then you'd have a team like the New England Patriots not necessarily the Arizona Cardinals that's bidding on you and so you can go to a better organization but still an organization that you could argue needs a quarterback fine except for that organization probably ain't offering the most money even in a free agent system that guy the Caleb Williams of the world if there was no NFL draft is probably still going to the place that offers the monster money and the team that offers the monster money is going to be the team with the most desperation (laughs) so even in that scenario you're still talking about going to a bad organization right for for the most part and they're never going to revamp the NFL draft that is not going to happen that is a money maker and that is one of the biggest events going it is has now become a three-day event I mean, I've, I've, I've been on our draft covers now for six years, seven years. And Amber, it is, it's like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles showed up together. I mean, it's, it is insane. Whether it was in Dallas, uh, whether it was in Nashville, last year in Kansas City, it was absolutely mesmerizing to watch. So that is never going to change. Bottom right. line, end of conversation. The, but the, but the, the, the current conversation is, do you agree with Carl Williams? And you're going to protect... Uh, our attempt to protect your son from going to an organization like right now, what seems like the Arizona Cardinals tanking to get Caleb Williams, or would you do what Troy Aikman and Joe Burrow did and went, yeah, I'll go number one overall, and I'm going to change the entire culture in that organization and go kick somebody's butt. And even if you don't go to number one, I mean, it's an unusual situation that Eli found himself in, right? Like, even if you don't go number one, then number two and number three are so much better. I mean, you're not talking about the top of the draft being stacked with good organizations, right? And again, the best organizations, those are the ones that don't need your services. Caleb Williams, Triple Eight, say ESPN. We always appreciate your phone calls. Dwayne is calling us from Alabama. Hey, Dwayne, what do you have for us on Caleb? Hey, first, hey, congratulations to you and Mr. Ethan on your show. And FYI, what's the big deal? I mean, you all are experts. Look at it this way. Arizona in the next one, two, three, up to about five rounds is going to have at least 11 picks in the top 100. What's the big deal? If he don't want to come, his father put that out there, put that propaganda out there, let him go. Pick up Drake May, pick up that kid that just left Wake Forest that went to Notre Dame. Uh, find you a good DN, find you some offensive tackles, find you somebody in the backside of your, your secondary. Now you can build your football team, move on, Cardinals in the playoffs, uh, trade the video game, kid kid like to play video games, trade him <laughs> off, and move forward in the sunset. And, and, hey, keep up the good work, and congratulations Thanks. on your show. Thanks, we appreciate you. <laughs> I like, I like the Kyler Murray's <laughs> become the, the video game kid now. <laughs> That's where we're at oh, with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, listen, they're going to have they're going to have a lot of picks. They have a lot of needs to address. They're going to be very active, and there's going to be a whole lot of players uh, outside of that number one overall pick. If it's Caleb Williams, maybe he won't be as excited about going there. There are all those other dudes that they're going to end up drafting at all those other positions. Yeah, here's the other that. thing about Caleb Williams. I mean, look, the quarterback position is the hardest position to evaluate in all of sports. We all know that. We've seen so many guys get drafted number one overall that were a remarkable bust. But for every Jamarcus Russell. I'll see you a Tom Brady or an undrafted free agent like Kurt Warner, right? Who's now in Canton. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. Russell Wilson was a third round pick. It's not always the top guys that end up succeeding at Look the at most Brock Purdy. prominent position, Mister Irrelevant. <laughs> right? I mean, so is is could Drake Bay be better than Caleb Williams? I, I don't know, but I'll tell you this: I talked to a lot of NFL scouts. There were twenty five of them at the LSU Florida State game, 
and to a man. And you can bring in Jim Nagy also, who's got five Super Bowl rings. Reese is Senior Bowl director. Every one of them says that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback prospect coming out of college since Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let that sink I mean, in. I, Let that sink this. in. That's, that's and better than Trevor that's, Lawrence. Trevor that's Lawrence high praise. more hype. High that's praise. incredibly, incredibly high praise. I did pull the numbers once, and if you're drafted as a quarterback in the top three, you have, I think, roughly in NFL history a 50% hit rate, and that's higher than than when you go later in the draft. So top three, you still have the most likely chance of hitting. If you draft a guy in the top three, it's still only about half the time that you hit on that pick. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about evaluating these guys. Terrence Ooh. is calling us from Georgia, our friend Terrence. Hey, Terrence, go ahead. Rock stars, congratulations. Thanks, <laughs> Terrence. Welcome to Amber and Ian, Terrence. Huh? Welcome to Amber and Ian. This is your first Amber and Ian call. We yes, appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think his dad should just stay out of it and mind his business, you know, and, and, and root for his son and hope his son gets drafted, period, because, you know, it's it's more of an honor and it, and it shows respect for his, for his talent. I don't understand why fathers want to get involved in their sons. I guess they're living vicariously through them, you know. Um he can do an Eli Manning or a John Elway deal type of thing, but go with go with go with it go where you draft it and let it go with that. Thanks, guys. That's what I would do, Terrence. I mean, and and we've seen both. We we've seen the Troy Aikman Joe Burrow route. We've seen the John Elway Eli Manning route. But uh, Amber, you and I agree on this one. And, and I, if if I were Caleb Williams, I'd be I would be telling my parents, I got this. He made his comment before the you know what. Before the, the college season began, about a month and a half ago, when he was posed the question, you know, about his future, he said that's going to be an in the moment decision at the end of the year. He put it to bed. Mm-hmm. Dad brought it back up in GQ, and now Caleb and Lincoln Riley and his USC teammates are also going to have be asked about this. You know, it's funny because when we keep bringing up Joe Burrow, and he's the prime example because there was so much talk leading up to that draft. I don't know don't if people remember. Cincinnati. Oh, he's so much. Even though he was the Ohio kid, like there was so much talk. Do whatever you can not to go to Cincinnati. Maybe he'll pull an Eli, blah, 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 yada, yada. Obviously doesn't do it. Takes a number one overall pick. Had he done something like that, he would have gone to my Miami Dolphins. Okay, and I'm about to be completely objective for a moment. Or he would have gone to the Los Angeles Chargers if, if it had worked out even slightly different. Those were the next two places off the board that took a quarterback. Are either of those, you feel much better that either of those organizations would have been in a Super Bowl like Cincinnati was in a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow? So everybody was telling him to avoid it. Would he have had more success so far at either of those other organizations? Again, the organizations that need quarterbacks at the time they need quarterbacks are not good (laughs) organizations. None of them. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, would you be surprised if we told you that Aaron Rodgers saw a UFO? ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Rogers is back at it. He's saying the things. He's saying the things that are getting us talking. Ian Fitzsimmons is what Aaron Rodgers does, right? Now, this one's a little different. This one comes to us from Hard Knocks. This, of course, from training camp with the New York Jets, which is streaming on Max. And Aaron Rodgers decided to reveal a very interesting story about something he saw in the sky. <laughs> okay, first of all, the images. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. Should have known that was coming. Still getting us with that on Amber and Ian, huh? That's gotcha. something that we stole from Joe and Amber. I don't know oh if we needed my. to bring that one over. People James. don't forget. People don't forget. All right, Matlock. So that is beautiful. The music, the imaging, setting the tone, the way he tells the story, Ian. And here's the thing. I've never done mushrooms, but <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. All right. So you and I were on the same wavelength here because I wrote down listening to that comedy. Well, first of all, anybody who believes that, I mean, I've got more stuff that I want to sell you, and it's all BS. But he sold that so well. So well. Are people really believing that story? Like, just play the very beginning again. Play the listen. Oh, we can't. No, okay. that's a one time one time deal. <laughs> James is like I, vigorously so, shaking you off. No, look, no, no, no. <laughs> when he starts going, so we're at this dinner party in Jersey. I mean, like, sets okay, the whole scene. Hold on a minute. And then you're talking about having a sleepover. Right. right? Which I mean, is we're already, all going, what? we all get tucked into bed. <laughs> I mean, right. What? Do you get tucked into bed? And then we come to, and then it's a beautiful night in Jersey, you know? And then, I mean, just the whole <laughs> hey, scene he, he sets. Wait, great, you don't, you don't great story, him? great delivery, phenomenal delivery. The music, the production, but the way he told it. He sold it to the point where anyone who loves Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, Greeny, you're going to believe everything that man says. And he's laughing right now. Anybody who believed that, he is cracking up. You know what? You brought brought up mushrooms. (laughs) If if he actually did, if he believes what he just said, which I don't think he does, but if he does, that reminds me of a scene from the movie Young Guns, that great, awful movie. Right with uh, with Emilio Estevez mm-hmm. as Billy the Kid when they go into the spirit world and they all they all take peyote. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You see the size of that chicken?" I mean, it's, that, that's, that's the thing when you that's Aaron Rodgers are right very there. open about your affinity for psychedelic mushrooms. It is the first place, and I'm not judging. Okay, it's legal a lot of Me places. Either. I know it can help with depression. Whatever. I done it but i would imagine if i was doing psychedelics which i mean that just sounds like not for me at all whatsoever i imagine i would see all sorts of stuff though which is one reason why i have never partaken to psychedelics because that 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 doesn't interest me but i would imagine you see a lot of stuff ian so how do we know if he's actually seeing it or if he thinks he's seeing it was he consuming it it? like he was trying to hold back laughing 
He was times. just such a he was such an Aaron Rodgers man. He's like, I'm gonna tell HBO Hard Knocks this story, and then Let's everybody, including it. Amber and Ian, Let's are gonna be talking it. about it over the next week because of the sound that we're gonna put out there. James, the, the first ten seconds in that you heard me cackling, like, please tell are people believing this? I believe them. I, I believe no, in aliens. Believe I'm them. good with the aliens thing. I'll I'm buy into the aliens UFOs. Thing, but I, the whole sleepover thing? Like, let's all get tucked into bed with our lobbies, <laughs> right? And just go in our whoobies well, and go and night then, night. And then everybody froze. Like, no, but like, not one of you decided to reach into your pocket and pull out your phone, which is what is so sketch about all these people that always claim that they see the aliens are in my backyard, but, you know, I forgot to break out my phone. And then the thing is, you could have explanations for that, Ian, where you could be like, well, maybe the government came in, they took those people's phones, and they erased it, and da da da. You're not doing that to Aaron Rodgers. James. <laughs> You really believe everything that dude just said? Yeah, 100%. Wow. Why would Aaron Rodgers lie to me? Oh, come on. I've got an autographed murderer's row baseball from the Yan- 1927 Yankees. I'll sell it to you. I'll take it for free. I don't know. If you believe in that kind of stuff, and if you believe that this thing is real, then I mean, come on, dude. I don't know why. Why, why would Aaron Rodgers lie to me about UFOs? I don't. Aaron Rodgers. What's the upside? Knows this. This is the upside. To draw people offside. He knows and how to get people. He knows yeah. how to get attention, man. He's brilliant at it, right? He is. It's he one is. of the reasons that he goes there. Now he's in he's the going, going biggest world. media market in the country. And this is what he's doing with that platform. Coming up next, would you be surprised? Never mind. That's what I said before. You know what? We're just going to talk sports because James forgot oh. to write me a... a uh, yeah. Now pay attention. Amber and Ian. Aaron Rodgers watch. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. UFOs. Or does he believe it? Aaron Rodgers was just having a shroom or two. With Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, as we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance. Every week, Cole Kublik will join us. He does a morning show with Greg McElroy on WJOX in Birmingham. He calls games on the SEC Network. And the reviews out of Episode 1 of Read and React, 6 p.m. Central, SEC Network, with Cole Kublik and Roman Harper. Through the roof. Cole, congratulations. Home run in episode number one. Uh, so congrats on the new show. But let's get to the hard-hitting stuff first. Do you believe Aaron Rodgers saw a UFO? Do you believe in UFOs? Um, I believe that there is uh, more than likely 
something else out there. Uh, what if we change it to UPAs now, whatever we call it? Uh, if you go follow Jeremy Corbell on Instagram, he'll give you the latest on everything. I try to keep up with it there. But I, I, I don't – I think our, there are certain things in life that are open to your interpretation. And some people see a light or a comet or um, a drone, and, and they're going to they're gonna make that be something else. Some people may actually – see a flying object that is explainable by some, but not to others. But when I, I will say this, when the government releases footage and their professional pilots, it's what they do for a living. They've been doing it for 20 to 30 years. And they're telling me that they're seeing objects that are doing things that mechanically from an engineering standpoint are not physically possible. I have to imagine that something else is out there. Now these gargantuan machines that some people tell us come down and get close to earth. And there's one or two people that saw them that I, just, I, I can't get down with that. I'm sorry. Like I, like you this can't the tell me the millennium Falcon landed. I've ever heard from you in 25 years. You can't tell me the millennium Falcon <laughs> landed in your backyard and you and your sister are the only ones that saw it. Like I just, come on. Like, and that, didn't that's take ridiculous. out your phones and didn't take a picture for any Something. of the rest of us. Where exactly. We all have cameras yes. in our pockets, right? Cole Kublik. Cool. <laughs> I also don't believe in the same kind of chemical enhancement that some other folks do that could lead you to believe that you saw some of these kind of things. Therefore, I don't know. You and Amber are on the same wavelength on that one. But there you go. All right, Cole, let's get into it, man. Uh, first, let's start with Caleb Williams and Carl Williams. You know, Carl Williams, Caleb Williams' father, essentially saying, in a nutshell, not real sure if his son is going to enter the draft if it's a certain team that has a number one overall pick. What was your reaction when you saw this story out of SC? I just rolled my eyes. Um, I mean, listen, it's not like we haven't seen certain players strong arm the NFL draft in certain ways and manipulate it for themselves. I mean, look, look at Eli Manning got himself to New York. You know, we've, we've seen certain things like that take place. So uh, to begin it now, I, I feel like it is a little bit odd. I mean, he has teammates. He has a team that's trying to win a championship that some people think can win a championship. I'm not one of those people, but there are certain people that believe Southern California can win a national championship. He's one of the best players in college football. I just don't know why you need this out right this second. Uh, We know what the draft cycle is like once the regular season ends and how that thing gets going after the actual season takes place. And we have months and months and months to discuss it and twist it and turn it and try to manipulate it and try to get things done and accomplished through the media. It's going to happen for weeks and weeks and months. I just don't know why you need to do it right now. Um, And I also find it mainly, I'll just go ahead and say impossible to believe that somebody's not going to start their clock on making $50 million a year to play football. So I, I just don't see that as being real. USC feels like they're doing some great things in NIL. They ain't doing that in NIL. So I just don't feel like it's something that would actually take place. Like, give me the team that you're going to say no to $50 million a year to go play football or, or $50 million guaranteed and 20 something a year for whatever the life is of a first-round draft picks contract. I mean, Detroit, Jacksonville, like, who, 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 Arizona, what are the teams that you're saying no to? That's, that's why I'm, just, I'm not sure I can – exactly. I'm not, I just can't buy it. Yeah, Ian, I can't, cannot buy it either. Cole Kublik joining us. Is it too early, Cole, to say that the Heisman race runs through Colorado? I definitely think Colorado will be involved in it, and, and not just with one player. Uh, I'm not sure. Listen, I played against Champ Bailey in college. I, I, I saw him play, I believe it was 110 plays against Georgia. And actually, I know it really well because when we got into a film room session that Sunday, our offensive line coach, Rick Trickett, just railed us up and down saying, that son of a gun played 110 plays, and you fat, well, you know what, can't even play 70 without getting tired. What's wrong with y'all? So, yeah, I know, I know good and well about a kid going over 100 snaps and playing offense and defense. 
I thought the coolest part about Travis Hunter in this day and age of I'm not just a point guard, I'm a shooting point guard, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shortstop only, or I only play second base, or I'm a slot receiver, or I'm a boundary corner, or I'm only a, I'm only a field defensive end. He was out there just doing anything they asked him to do, and, and he, he looked so effortless with how he did it. To me, just watching the game, it looked like a kid that some friends had invited over to play football, and they had been playing together the entire afternoon, and then he just hopped in and was the best athlete and started dominating the backyard football game. Like He looked like he was having fun. He looked like he was just out there to make plays, and he was an actual football player, not some super specialist, can only play one position, only do one certain set of things with his skill set because his personal trainer's been teaching him that for 15 years. I thought it was incredible, and I thought Shador Sanders showed us a lot also with what he's going to be capable of doing. So I think... It's one week. It's week one. I'm, I don't want to go too far with it, but yep. two players that easily could be involved in the Heisman Trophy race right there in Boulder, Colorado. A couple other big takeaways for you uh, that, uh, really, that really stood out to you from week one on the college grid. Just what Florida State was able to do to LSU and, and maybe what LSU was not able to do. I know Mason Smith wasn't available for them in the game. We're going to talk and harp and, and go back and forth on what the way Harold Perkins was used. Um, I think there are a lot of different ways we could have that discussion. I, I don't think... Listen, I know Matt House. Matt House knows defense. He's, he's not trying to do things that aren't going to better his defense. But I do think there, should, there will probably come a point in time when you look at it and say, that's our best guy as far as potentially disrupting a different offense. We should probably let him do some disrupting a little more frequently than we did. Um, and then Florida State's for real, man. I, I don't know how nobody cannot believe that. I saw they got a couple number one votes. I'd be totally fine with it. I think they have the best win in college football right now. That wide receiver core is going to be tough Dude. to deal with. Man. Tough to deal with, Cold. and they got a it, defensive it, it, front that's just filthy. So, skill guys all over the place, and they're one of the they're one of the best coach teams in college football. Mike Norvell's run scheme is top three, top five annually in college football. It's an absolute joy to watch for a former offensive lineman, and he's got some dudes that can run it. So, Florida State put themselves right there in the middle of the national championship hunt, as far as I'm concerned. Man, when you look at Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson in person. You, you and I could go play quarterback and throw it up to those two dudes. 6'4", 6'7", 230, 235. They're they beautiful specimens outside, man. You are, you are spot on as far as the wide receiving core and that, D, and that defensive front for the Florida State Seminoles. Cole Kublick here with us on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber's having some technical difficulties. Uh, we'll try and get her back in here momentarily. Check out Cole on Read and React, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. It is a phenomenal film breakdown with he and Roman Harper. Uh, the, the first episode, they hit a home run. Highly recommend it uh, on 6 p.m. Uh, Central Time. Uh, coming up, I'll read and react on the SEC Network. You saw Alabama in person. Texas-Bama coming up this weekend is the marquee matchup. What are you expecting to see? I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, this Alabama offensive line, I was excited to finally see them in person. They have three starters over 350 pounds each. And I asked everybody that I know that played the position, coached the position. I asked my, my offensive line text thread. I asked my guys on the Joe Moore Award Committee. No one has ever seen another offensive line at any level of football, Ian, that had three individuals over 350 pounds that started on one group, and they can move. Now, one of them is an 18-year-old freshman in Caden Proctor. He got bounced around a little bit at times, but he did some good things as well. I, I think they're going to try to lean on that group. I, I think they come out and try to say, hey, we're going to impose our will. We also have a quarterback that we know we can add runs to and add a block or two if we want to try to get him out of the backfield. However... 
one of the things about this Texas football team that stuck out to me when I went and watched the film was the front. So I think that's the battle that wins this game. I was very impressed with Devondre Sweat up front for that Texas defensive line, Byron Murphy, Baron Sorrell up front. They might give that offensive line some issues, uh, specifically 93 inside. But I, I, we're going to talk about Quinn Ewers. We're going to talk about all his weapons. We're going to talk about Jalen Milrow, the Alabama skill. This game's going to be one of the trenches because Quinn Ewers does not operate well under pressure. Dallas Turner can get to the quarterback. Chris Braswell can get to the quarterback. Um, I, I think Deontay Lawson is on the verge of becoming an absolute star. He is the next in line of the great Alabama off-the-ball mm-hmm. inside linebacker lineage. He is going to have a huge year. But Texas is more poised, more put together now from a physical standpoint with a future first-round draft pick at left tackle, five starters back on that offensive line, some real depth there. And what I just mentioned along the front seven, not to mention Ford at off-the-ball linebacker for Texas, they might be able to physically go to toe-to-toe with Alabama. If they can, they did for most of the game last year, you have to think Texas has a real shot to roll in there and get a win. Nick Saban has not lost many games in that stadium, though, Ian. It just does not happen. It just, it's very rare that a team rolls in there and knocks off a Nick Saban coach Alabama football team. I think we're going to have fireworks, big plays, explosive plays. It's going to be a great environment. I mean, hell, everybody who college, covers college football or has a college football show is going to be in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. So it, it's, it's going to be wild. I think Alabama most likely gets the win. Uh, before the season, I would have probably told you Texas gets the win. Uh, there were some things about the offense I saw against Rice that I didn't really like that I don't feel great about. And I think this Alabama front seven is twitchy. I think they're fast. I think they close space extremely quick. They're going to be able to negate a lot of the screen game. And I think they're going to be able to cause problems up front from a pressure perspective. Keep an eye on, though, Malachi Moore, Jalen Key, the injury status of those two on the back end of that Bama defense. Going to need those two against those Longhorn weapons. UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. Sure. Go, if that's Cole. what you see, that's what you see. That's fine. I might see something different. I might be eating grass in my backyard. It makes me see something totally different than anybody else sees. There might be some sort of tea that I've brewed that forces me to see colors that aren't even on the rainbow. I don't know. Like I said, look at the It's open for your your interpretation. Okay, you might have those seventy-two hundred dollar Apple goggles on that people are wearing, and and you don't even know you're looking at them because it looks so real. And you thought you saw a UFO or UAP. I I don't know. It's all open for everybody's interpretation, man. Uh, Believe what you believe, but. When you tell me you live in a dark cave for seven straight days and you eat mushrooms every morning, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. You're the greatest. Cole, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Have a great show tomorrow morning with you and McElroy on WJOX in Birmingham. Appreciate you, Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Ian. All right, man. Uh, reminder, Samsung is awesome. This Saturday, talking college football, get game time ready with the Samsung Bespoke Four-Door Flex Refrigerator. Hello with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. With Amber Wilson, I'm Ian, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Did I take a hit of peyote? Closing ceremonies are on deck. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation. Because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We appreciate uh, Cole Kubik for joining us here, giving you a taste of what to expect in the college football weekend. And Amber and I were just in Bristol, ESPN HQ, and we had an interesting travel day, separate from one another. Amber lives in you know, South Florida, near Miami. I live in Dallas, Texas. And Amber, I think yours is actually worse than mine. Mm-hmm. And I damn near had a cavity search. <laughs> so well, when I, don't, you, I don't know. I don't know if anything could be worse than a cavity search, right? That seems um, that seems like something that I'm glad that has never happened to me well, so at going, an airport. Yeah, so I'm going through TSA, uh-huh. and I've, I've, had, I've traveled with the same bag for eight years. But there were some hand warmers from uh, an XFL game I did out in Seattle that were like buried in the bottom of the bag, on, underneath you know my all my college stuff. Now I had no idea they were in there. Like the so, type you shake up and make warm and put in your gloves. Yeah, like put, you put yeah, you put in your gloves and you know. And then there's, there's a couple of foot ones in there as well. It's one of those big bags, right? Uh-huh. So I guess that alerted the screening. So they screen it, they take it out, and then they test it. And whatever some substance is in there that makes it get hot and stay hot, hit the alarm. So now all of a sudden it's like okay, now there's three guards there at Bradley <laughs> Airport, and they're going, sir. Um, we, Why do you uh, have hand warmers when it's 100 degrees uh, outside, oh no, sir? It's, it's like, uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is setting an alarm, so we have to go through protocol. So we, you throw those away as far as I care. I mean, those are from like March. I don't, I, don't, I don't give a bleep. You can take them. Well, we still have to go through the protocol. Would you like to go to a private room? Oh. I went, Wait, they what? asked you? Yes. I went, no. Just go ahead. Yeah, well, you want to pat me down? Then they go through this entire instruction of how they're going to pat me now. We're going to use the back of our hands against your buttocks and your groin area. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right. I mean, I'm, I'm, you sure you don't want a private room, sir? I'm like, no, we're good right here. Should have got the private room. Because I'm, I'm doing the cross, right? I got legs spread. I mean, I got these two dudes. But you're che- clothed, right? You're clothed, oh, yeah, yeah. But they're telling me at one point. Sure like, this was the airport? What's that? You sure this was the airport? <laughs> it wasn't the blue parrot. But anyway, so so they're telling me, will you please put your uh, you know hold hold your pants up with through your belt lo- through your belt loops so they mm-hmm. they don't come down. That's how aggressive they were patting me down. So that's how my trip started at five a.m. this morning. I have been patted down that way before in an airport. Now come by to two think humans. Of it. Yes, I forgot about this. When I was pregnant, I used to not like to go through the x-ray machines and like, you know, the fancy swirly machines, whatever they're looking at there. I don't know. And I'm a first time mom. So I was always a little nervous. I'm like, I don't know. What am I exposing my kid to radiation? So I would always request. First child right here. First first, one. Second one, you're like, this "Ah, is a very first mom. Yeah. Like if I get pregnant again, (laughs) I'm going right through that puppy. How many stairs do you fall down? Now you're good. Yeah, three glasses of wine. No, I'm just kidding. Those are all jokes, by the way. Uh, All jokes. There's your PSA. But anyway, so I would go to the airport and so I would request a pat down because you can you can refuse to go through the scanner machines, but then they have to do what they did to you and they have to. And and they did the same thing to me. I remember the woman said, "Okay, I'm going to use the back of my hands and I'm going to go here and there. And I'm like, all right. 
Well, so then do your thing. Girl. I mean, I feel like I got to tip this guy. Like, hey, appreciate it. <laughs> See you, buddy. I mean, people are walking by, staring at you. I mean, it, it was it was. Nuts. I would feel I, like he should tip me. Frankly. I guess. <laughs> See what you did there. So then I go around the corner, and this dude's yelling because the bar's not open. I'm like, it's five a.m., bro. Whoa. I mean, my god, don't get aggressive. Calm 5 down. AM. Yeah, what so I, fi- I finally get open? home. You've got to jump on Sirius XM. My wife's like, what are you doing here? Because I was trying to surprise her to help her because we got the new puppy. It doesn't sleep. and has to be bottle fed. So that was my travel day. You think that's bad? Listen to what Amber went through. Yeah, well, first of all, it's ridiculous that you guys have a puppy you have to bottle feed when you have two grown teenagers who are about to be out of the house. Like, you're so close to done, and you decided to do that to yourselves. Nevertheless, my travel day also started out at Bradley International. I think international might be a little loose there, Bradley, but Bradley International Airport there in Hartford, Connecticut, because uh, we were both leaving ESPN HQ. My morning was only a little bit later than your morning. So I got up super early. I have PTSD because I missed a flight there once. So I get up at 4 a.m. this morning and get out the door. I get to the airport super early. Starbucks was open. I, w- I did not see the guy yelling about the bar. Uh, that would have been entertaining, though. And so I'm good. I'm on time. The the flight appears to be on time. We're good to go. And then uh, the other flight going to Atlanta, because I was connecting through Atlanta. There's two flights next to each other. The first flight that was a 6 a.m. flight to Atlanta, which was your flight, was not on time. And they were still there when I got to my 7 a.m. flight. And what happened was, apparently, the 6 a.m. flight had a crew member get sick. So they take the crew member once our crew shows up from our flight. And so now they have delayed two flights. And so now the first flight ends up taking off like an hour and a half or two hours late. So most of those people miss their connections in Atlanta. And then our flight, we have to wait for a crew member to now show up to our flight that is crew deficient for an hour. So a number of us miss our connection. So I get to ATL. I do the 5K through ATL that we all know so well if you fly often. I mean, I... Buck this thing. I am hovering. Up, I am sprinting. I am knocking down old ladies. I don't care. I get to this gate and the stupid plane is there, man. It's still there. It is at the gate and they won't let me on it because they had just closed the door. And you've got a four-year-old waiting on you at home. The entire reason I was flying home first thing this morning was so I was home in time to pick up my kid from preschool. It's the entire reason. And instead, I ended up delayed in ATL for four hours, <laughs> having to get on the afternoon flight. Fortunately, my husband stepped in and got my kid. I mean, down. just get in like an hour before you and I have to start work here. So it has been, it has been a day, a day. Woo. That's flying, right? I got home. That's what matters most. Mercy, Shout son, out to Delta mercy. for getting me home. I mean, that's the worst, though, when you see the plane. Like, just open the stinking door, I mean, that, man. That is the worst. Because I have missed flights. I mean, I fly so much. Like, I have missed. When you completely miss a flight, you're like, ah, all right. It, it is what it is. You know, when you miss it and it is there and you're just like, I'm right. Like, all I have to do is walk down that, that jetway. Just let me just, just let me walk a few door. Oh, Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.